You're listening to the Self-Made Mastery Podcast, your ultimate guide to total transformation. I'm your host, Adrian Finch, and I believe wholeheartedly that anyone from any background can create and live their dream life. And the best part is, you only need one thing to start, your mind. So join me here every Wednesday on this transformative journey to master your mindset and unlock your greatest potential. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Self-Made Mastery. I am your host, Adrian Finch. How are you guys doing? So today's episode, I'm very, very excited for. We're talking about something that no one else is talking about. Politics. Okay, no, something literally everyone is talking about, especially right now. Um, And potentially it's something that you feel like you can't get away from. You're probably seeing it everywhere. But please, please bear with me. Bear with this. I invite you to open your mind and listen intently to this episode because it's not going to be what you expect when you hear the word politics. When you hear that this is about politics, it is not what you're expecting. This episode is going to be politics through the lens of what you do know and expect from me and from this podcast, Self-Made Mastery which is learning how to, you know, take control of one more aspect of your life, um, which is this aspect, this political engagement and involvement, and take control of it in a way that is exciting and empowering, which I think is something a lot of us could just (laughs) use right now. And it's honestly going to be no different than how I would talk to you guys about any other thing that we do here, manifestation, how to create new habits, goal setting, you know, business tactics. Um, It's going to be the same type of format, same type of episode, just on a different topic. And what we're looking at this time is how enthusiastic and consistent participation in our electoral system here in the United States is actually going to positively affect us mentally and also literally have an impact on the environment we live in and the world we live in. So in this episode, we're going to first talk about the decision to be involved in politics in the first place and why so many people, including myself, choose to turn away from politics. Then we're going to discuss how that actually negates our ongoing conversation about controlling the things we can control because, you know, we're going to talk about why we actually have more control than we think when we think about voting in politics Um, and what strategies and mindsets we can adopt here in order to both stay engaged politically and do our civic duty, you know, vote while also protecting our mental health, something that's very important. Then we are going to shift away from kind of how voting affects us personally and look at how voting actually does have an impact on our entire political system, even though we may sometimes feel like it doesn't matter. I know that I have felt that way before, but um, we're actually going to talk about the way that it does matter. So I want to preface this whole episode by saying that I know that many of you are probably already registered to vote or already, you know, have a strong sense of like what your political views are. Perhaps a lot of you have already actually voted in this election. By the time this episode comes out, I think it's a week away from voting from election day. Um, So maybe a lot of you have already voted. And if this is you, I totally understand if this is where you want to check out. Although, of course, I still encourage you to stay. There's a lot that's going to come out of this episode that will also be relevant to other aspects of life. And I think you'll you'll find a lot of this information and uh, conversation just surprising in a good way. Um, but I would understand, you know, if, if maybe you want to check out for this. Um, but part of what we will talk about here is regulating our engagement for our mental health. And if you've reached your saturation point, I totally get it. If you've been hearing too much about politics lately and you're just over it and you just, you know, don't even want to have that conversation, even though we're not here to talk about views or anything like that. Um, but still I get it. However, if you are someone who is maybe apolitical or an infrequent voter, or if you know someone who identifies this way, please, please stick around because this really is a crucial aspect of building the life that you want and deserve, which is what we are all about here on the podcast, of course, is creating and living our dream lives. So before we get into it, I just want to introduce you all to my lovely guest for this episode. Her name is Chloe Cross. Chloe is one of my closest friends from college, and this will be her first time on the pod, but I wanted to bring her on to discuss this subject specifically because she is one of the people in my life who I always trust to be well-informed and engaged and passionate about the positive impact politics can have if everyone participates. I've definitely been seeing a lot of her posts, and just like, she's very fired up, and she's super, just a really good resource for stuff like this. Whenever we discuss politics together or current events, I always walk away feeling again, more fired up and just feeling like I've learned something I didn't know before. And 
I just think it's going to be awesome. You guys are going to get a lot out of hearing her. So welcome to the pod, Chloe. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. So we obviously have a lot to discuss, so I want to jump right on into it. And I wanted to start by discussing one of the core reasons that I thought it would be interesting and productive to even bring you on here, which is actually the differences between the two of us and politically, right? So we're both really similar in terms of our ideal ideologically, you know, okay, we both have the same ideals, same values. Uh, We are very similar about where we stand on issues. Um, But the way that we go about politics and kind of the way that politics is living within our lives is so different. Personally, I really don't like politics. I just don't. And that's the truth. I vote. That's obviously such a broad sentence too, but we'll get into it. I vote. I do. But I don't honestly love paying attention to the news and what's going on in politics. I find it, frankly, very depressing and very overwhelming. There's so much information out there and a lot of it is just not super fun stuff to hear, right? And I actually get really frustrated at what feels like a lack of accountability in the political sphere. So I try to avoid it as much as possible. And I know that, you know, you're going to teach me today why maybe that's not always the best and why there's kind of a a role for everyone in politics. And no matter where you stand, there's a place for you and and your involvement and what's important. And you, though, have taken kind of the opposite approach, right? Yeah, I think I'm what they would call like a political junkie. Um, I mean, I can completely empathize with the lack of enthusiasm or the frustration from you and others. Um, But I see everything you see and I feel like really motivated and kind of compelled to dig in deeper and like hit it head on. Um, I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's like my personality type or years of being like an aggrieved younger sibling, (laughs) um, but I cannot stand injustice and I'm absolutely convinced that we have the power to create change. Um, I love that. I love that. (laughs) So I appreciate you bringing me on. I know that some of your listeners may not want to listen to politics. I know we're all pretty like inundated at this point. But the reason I wanted to come on with you is uh, I just think that the message that you send week after week about people having the power to create change in their personal lives fits actually really well um, into like politics because it's the same thing. It's like believing in our ability and our own power to create change both internally and externally. Yes. Oh my God. I literally have chills because yes. And I've never thought about politics that way, to be honest. And so you're saying like in terms of personally and at large in the community, we have this power to create change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So internally, like personally, what it does for us and externally, like what it, the effect that it can have. on Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I agree so much. I've been actually like really back and forth about discussing this topic in general, just about politics. Cause clearly, you know, this podcast isn't about that. But the thing that you said that convinced me it would be beneficial to my listeners is your argument that voting and other types of political engagement have benefits actually to us, to the citizen, beyond just the outcome of that said election. It actually benefits us. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so I think we get really caught up in the outcome, either going our way or not going our way. And we don't really stop to think about what the actual act of voting or lack thereof does for us psychologically. So... I was kind of doing some research and I found a University of Virginia study that shows that political activity can act as a resource to offset negative mental health consequences associated with disadvantaged social status. So that could be race, gender, sexuality, differently abled. Um, And we know that there are strong correlations between disadvantaged social status and poor mental health. Um, We also know that there are serious financial barriers to receiving adequate mental health care. So all of these kind of issues are interrelated. Um, But I think it's kind of incredible that we're not talking more about this kind of like free resource um, of participating in community um, and democracy as a way to actually combat the social distress we might be feeling because of our circumstances. That's actually such a good point. Never in my life would I have thought of of, you know, political engagement as actually increasing our happiness or our sense of well-being and and looking at all these studies and facts, it, it definitely does open my mind. Could you point to a real life example of this, just so we fully understand this point of, you know, offsetting negative mental health consequences, especially associated with disadvantaged social status? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think a really like clear example that's sort of fresh in everybody's minds would be the protests um, that we are have been seeing with like Black Lives Matter. So, um, 
in any situation with protests, you're having a lot of people come together and kind of raise up their voices collectively. If you look at Black Lives Matter recently, um, there's a lot of joy at those protests, right? There's dancing and there's singing and community. And like in the midst of that, people are getting registered. Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're creating this atmosphere where you're excited to get out and vote. Um, and it was important too to just like be together to share in kind of the pain of what's going on, but also to share in a collective vision of a better world. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a, a massive part of that is just kind of taking the burden off of feeling alone in any fight. Because when you feel alone, if you're looking up at this massive system that feels way too big to change on your own, mm -hmm. if you go to a protest and you see that many people surrounding you, you realize like you're not alone. Yeah. If you're part of an oppressed group and you can turn towards protest, you can turn towards engagement and find community, and that has a positive impact on your mental health. And then on top of that, if you see the other people who don't necessarily share in that same struggle, but they are, but like they're there because they care about it and because mm -hmm. they care about your humanity, about mm -hmm. your struggle. I mean, I think that's really uplifting as well. As long as we always manage to stay in involved you know oh 100% I mean that's that's such a good point about the protest you're really there and you're really living it in that moment you're really feeling it and I think maybe sometimes people with you know voting in politics aren't feeling like in that moment they're feeling it and we're here to kind of explain that you know it is indeed there even if you're not out there at a protest um I also think too that when you go to a protest when you engage in these other sort of peripheral I don't want to say peripheral, but when you engage in these sort of acts that are all like related, mm -hmm. personally for me, if I go to a protest, I also feel an increased responsibility to go vote. Like right. I've gotten my mail I've gotten my mail-in ballot or, you know, and I've gone to this protest and like now push comes to shove and my ballot is here. I'm going to do more research. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look into it more because now I've like gone to the protest. I've posted on social media. I've done all mm -hmm. of these things where I'm like, oh, I... Here, here's the opportunity to like yeah this is what I can do office. now yeah, yeah exactly I love yeah. that and obviously I love this correlation between you know this political involvement and mental health and I posted something on our podcast Instagram the other day about this it was like three psychological benefits um, to voting and to be to being active and engaged in politics and mental health is obviously something that's so important to me uh, and sharing good mental health practices both here on this podcast and on The Shift. If you guys are familiar, I'm part of this other kind of movement and docu-series, which is purely about mental health. Um, but it's all that's all part of my mission. And when we talk politics, it's sort of difficult to think that more participation is going to lead to better mental health when, you know, I've actually personally found the opposite to be true sometimes. And I mean, I find sometimes that the more I engage, the actually angrier and more frustrated I get. So then at a certain point, I had just cut it all out. But I'm excited now because this doesn't have to be true always. Yeah, and I think when we kind of look at that action of feeling like we want to cut it out, it actually makes sense on a lot of different levels. On the basic like human nature side of things, this is a common emotion regulation strategy. When mm -hmm. you're dealing with a chronic stressor, much like politics, right? So mm -hmm. when you're dealing with this stressful stimulus that's kind of difficult to change, the simplest way to feel better is to change our reaction through what's called a cognitive reappraisal. So in the context of politics, this could include rationalizing the status quo, trying to find meaning in suffering, or minimizing the long-term implications. Right. So basically eliminating it or justifying the stressor altogether, like... Yeah, just eliminating or justifying the stressor. So basically saying, it's not going to be that bad. Like, everything will be fine and just kind of leaving it as is. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think that it makes sense to us because these are actually really good tactics for so many of our other stressors in our, like, daily and personal lives. You know, you either eliminate what is causing you to feel like crap yep. or adjust your reaction so that it's just, like, not affecting you as much. That's kind of a positive thing that we can do in other aspects. But in politics... Yeah, actually that's that's really interesting. I've never really thought about it that way because I do talk about that a lot. I talk about how we can just have a more positive mindset, how we can kind of reframe like what we say and how to talk to our, to ourselves. Um, and this also just honestly reminds me of, of a toxic ex-partner. Um, you know, as soon as you fully sever ties, you're, you're fully done with that. There's a lot of stress relief that comes with that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and as I mentioned, like 
it's a little bit more problematic with politics because as soon as we regulate those unpleasant emotions, we also grow more accepting of the status quo. Yeah. And we lose so much of the strong motivation that might actually propel us into taking action mm-hmm. that in the long term is going to alleviate that stress and produce better personal and societal outcomes. That's huge. Um, and then... You also have to consider the fact that like we're dismissing the power of two strategies we use to combat depression, which are actually taking action and then the community, which we kind of touched on earlier. And these two things are really core to political engagement, which is something, you know, we talked about with your mom. Yeah. Um, so as a, I'll just throw this in like as a quick personal anecdote to kind of show this in action. The other day I was watching the news or like, it was a little, maybe more than another day ago, but I was watching the news or like, yeah, reading the news and I got really, really depressed about what was happening and I kind of started crying and my first instinct, like after I, you know, the sort of tears went away, my first instinct was like, okay, I'm done with today. I'm going to go in my room and ball up and like turn on new girl. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered that because it was national voter registration day, I had signed up for a registration phone make, um, and I like did not want to do this, but I wait, got wait, to wait. Make- What's a phone bank? Um, for anyone who doesn't know, a phone bank is like essentially when you just you know you. It's kind of hard to explain. It's not hard to explain. It's easy to explain. It's you know you're volunteering and they set you up on this whole like computer system and you're just calling people that they have numbers to, which a lot of people might you know when you get those calls and you're like hi I'm here on behalf of blah 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 right. Blah. Um, so there, it's voter engagement, especially with the pandemic, people are getting a lot more calls because you cannot do door-to-door right. canvassing as safely anymore. Um, so yeah, that's what a, what a phone bank is. Okay. Um, so anyways, I had signed up for this like phone bank just simply to get people registered. It wasn't even necessarily about like talking about views. It was just about registration. And I didn't want to do it, Um, but I thought to myself, like, okay, I can be depressed and I can do nothing, or I can use my depression and let it, like, be a fuel for me to be, like, active. Mm -hmm. So I signed on to this Zoom call, and there are people from all over the country who had never phone banked before, even some who were too young to vote in this election, um, some who were DACA recipients who don't have the right to vote but care a lot. Um, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they were all ready to like, as a community go and get people registered to go and get people involved. And at the end of that, like, I can't tell you how uplifting it was. I legitimately went from crying tears of sadness, to, like crying tears of joy. Um, and at the end of the shift, I just felt like I had been part of something genuinely productive and active and I yeah. felt less alone. Wow. That's so powerful. That's so awesome that you experienced that, especially just the part of like taking that negative emotion you were feeling and actually using it to feel your action being like let me put this towards like creating this change that I want um and I actually talk a lot on this podcast about like controlling the things you can control and letting go of the rest right and I think this story is like literally a perfect example of this within the context of politics because in that moment you're taking direct action towards your desired outcome And there's not a guarantee that every person you call is going to vote the way you want them to or, you know, put down what they're doing and register right then. Uh, So, you know, not every person's going to do what your goal is. But that's almost not even the point or it's not the whole point anyway. In that moment, you did everything that you could and it had a positive impact on you and hopefully an even greater positive impact will come to fruition. But the important thing was the action and you feel better about it, your mental health, it's probably in a better state because you know that you did what you could and you can't control at the end of the day what those people hang up and go do, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I recognize that phone banking is not going to be for everyone. It's kind of intimidating. It's a little bit scary. Um, but, and, and I'm like, like I said earlier, I'm a political junkie and I just started doing that this year. So it's, it's not for everyone, but yeah. Well, what motivated that change? Um, uh, I think it was mostly this like self-assessment of, okay, I'm spending time on Facebook and Instagram. You mentioned my posts earlier and Mm -hmm. I'm on Twitter and I'm like shouting all of my beliefs and like sharing resources. Um, but is that actually translating into anything useful? And I came to the conclusion that for the most part, by and large, it wasn't, um, like I was either shouting into this echo chamber where I get the likes and the positive feedback, or I was debating for like imaginary debate points. Yep. (laughs) 
And really it was those political debates that were actually having the worst effect on me. Um, so I decided that if I wasn't going to take more like legitimate concrete steps forward, like action to actually fight for what I believe to what I believe to be justice, um, then I was being a hypocrite. <laughs> totally. And I think actually this piece is really important because the internet is a place that fuels a lot of the nastiness and divisiveness that turns me and a lot of other people off. Like we don't want to go on Twitter and read all the stupid things that people are saying. And it does feel like just shouting into the abyss. So I totally, I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, I think the internet is really tough because yes, it, it definitely does that. I've also found though that it can be really useful and uplifting and informative if you use it with care. So mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, actually, like I think a good sort of example of that that's sort of unrelated but speaks to the same thing is uh, as a woman dealing with like body image issues, you know, if you choose to follow all of these accounts that make you feel bad about your body or your life, the internet is going to be a source of negativity and self-hatred. If, on the other hand, you follow accounts that help you concentrate your energy on interrupting harmful messages or that teach you about the systems and how to fight back, you're gonna feel empowered. I think it's the same is true in politics and social justice. I'd say this is actually really where the work is. It's it's not a question of turning away. I think we have to 100% to keeping our eyes open. The question actually is what are we turning towards? Yes, this is so important. Just what are we turning towards instead of let's just turn away? and. Let's talk about commitment, though, before we move on to to what are we turning towards. Because this is something where I do find so much crossover with what I've learned in my life about building healthy habits over time. And kind of, I've always been the type of person that like thought that you could just do a bunch at once and it would just happen quickly and then I get impatient when it doesn't. But obviously I've learned that that is so not the case and I talk about it all the time. It's small, consistent steps that really, really push you forward. Um, and it literally, all of that though, all of that progress literally starts with just the decision of like, okay, yes, I am in, and I'm not going to give myself any wiggle room to not do it. Like to, to get out of this, to move out of this, whatever it is that you decide is your goal. Like I'm deciding yes. And I'm literally making it a part of my identity. So in this space, I feel like that means just committing to being a voter in every single election. Um, and I feel like the more we talk about this, the more I see it as this spectrum of involvement, right? So on the highest end of the spectrum, you have an actual politician or a community organizer, press, and their literal job is politics. So they're the most involved. And then as you move move further down, maybe you find a self-identified political junkie, <clears throat> you, uh, <laughs> who's like, Guilty. you know, but someone who's constantly reading up on issues and really familiar with history and current events and the structure of the government and just everything that's going on now. Um, but then I think most people are, or a lot of people are on the lower end of this engagement spectrum. Maybe they're reading things, maybe sometimes tuning it out, but sometimes hearing they're aware of the big issues, but not that well versed. And so maybe they vote every four years, but not in the midterms or they don't vote at all. And yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a good assessment, but I feel like we need to kind of readjust what that lowest end of the spectrum looks like and make that be voting every single time. So it's like, you cannot even dip below that. I think that like voting every time is a really good kind of lower end of the spectrum, committing yourself to the vote in the same way that you would commit yourself to the gym. If you have the goal of building a habit of exercise, and I actually use this as an example a lot because I think I found it to be true in my own life. I used to hate working out and now I do it all the time and blah, blah. I've talked a lot about kind of how I even actually changed that mindset. Um, But when it comes to building a habit like exercise, you have to not even give yourself the out in, in anticipation of your workout, because as soon as you even kind of waffle on it and you're like, yeah, maybe I like you try to justify why you don't need to, then the chances of not going double and you know, likely you won't even go. But instead, if you build that mindset of like, no, I'm committed to going to the gym. I'm going, I am putting my shoes on and I am going every single time. Or in this case, I am committed to being a voter every single time. Then that's what you're going to do. And you're making a promise to yourself that that is the bare minimum. And guess what? Even when I have a bad workout some days, sometimes I have a terrible workout. Sometimes I only lift one dumbbell and do one thing, but I'm always so happy after. And I always feel so accomplished and just, I always think about how like I feel a hundred times better than if I just hadn't gone at all. Cause it's not only like, Oh, I'm not going and I'm not getting any progress, but I'm also like beating myself up for not following through with the commitment. And it's this whole just negative cycle. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, so yeah, you're saying like, you're not giving yourself any, any chance to like not go vote. Yes. You're not giving yourself a chance to not go to the gym. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I love this parallel and I think it's a really, really good strategy and I, I think it's a great strategy because it's actually even easier than going to the gym. Oh, way so, easier. So it's not like you don't have to vote three, four, five times a week. It's every other year. Yeah. Sometimes in primaries and whatnot. So a little bit, potentially a little bit more than that. But like, literally, if we had every eligible voter in the country voting every single time, our country would look so much different today because by definition, it would actually reflect the will of the people, not Mm -hmm. just this like small percentage of consistent voters. Like we should all be consistent voters every time, no outs. God, that's so, that's so true. And honestly, it's like such an obvious statement, but saying it out loud has such an impact on me personally, like even still like really realizing that if everyone just did it, oh my gosh, it it would be a genuine reflection of the people. Totally. And it's like, I think it's pretty shocking to think about like the things that we could accomplish if everybody was like lending Mm -hmm. their voice of everybody. Like it's, it's really aspirational. It is. No, it totally is. It's actually exciting. And then it's like, all right, how do we get everyone to do it? And here's part of that, this podcast, (laughs) hopefully. Um, But I will say, yeah, like, you know, in order to even do that, it really does take the commitment. And I think that as humans, we're so used to this instant gratification, or at least nowadays, right? Like in our country and just nowadays, we're used to like instant gratification. Things happen quickly and you want things to happen quickly. We get impatient. Our attention spans are shorter. So we'll look at a journey from A to Z and think, oh, you know, I can hit A, then F, K, P, T, and you know, I'll get to Z eventually. But in reality, you actually need to like stay on that path the whole way through and hit every single letter. And that's true of any type of progress you want to make. You have to be consistent and you have to keep going. But in politics, collectively as a country, I feel like we make it to M at best. And then we get annoyed we aren't done yet and we give up. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing, but it's just like, it's it's so true. Like that's so what is happening. I mean, I think that you, though, a good real life example of that would be our response to COVID honestly oh like, my god yes we literally want we wanted the timeline to be so much faster than it realistically could have been and we like have gotten disheartened and like that makes sense it's a, it's a massive shift mm-hmm. but like your if your reaction to being disheartened is to quit then you're always going to fail and you're gonna have have to start over yeah we have to yeah exactly well yeah in this context you have to like start over literally if everyone just followed whatever that's another conversation we'll we'll move past that but like the point is that we have to keep showing up we have to keep seeing it through like the best way forward is straight freaking through yes that's a a nice little update to that phrase Um, all right, before we move into the second part of this, which is the actual impact that voting has historically had, I want to circle back to what you said before about picking and choosing our types of involvement as a method of emotion regulation, rather than disengaging like we might be used to, or like I've done in the past. So like what we're turning towards. What we're yeah. Um, okay. So I'll speak from personal experience here. One of the things that I realized was fueling so much of this depression and anger was my own willingness to jump in debates online, kind of like what we talked about. Mm -hmm. And the ego of trying to like litigate my point of view um, that maybe if I like made this absolutely rock solid fact-based argument that like something would change in the mind of like whoever I was debating. Right. um, We know that that's just not how the internet works, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I had to like stop to like recognize that if I jumped into an argument, my ego was probably going to like trap me inside it. So I had to actively practice like sidestepping or like deleting whatever I had like written out. Um, I did just not get involved at all. And instead I had to like find the places that I was inspired. So maybe, you know, there was a Congress member doing or saying something that seemed particularly like egregious. I would donate $3 to their opponent or I saw instances of like voter suppression. So I signed up to work at the polls Mm -hmm. And I shared that application on social media to see if I could get any of my friends to do it. Um, And when the news, like, made me mad. (laughs) Which it will. (laughs) When when the news made me mad, this is actually right out of the Adrian Finch, like, playbook. Yes. I turned it off. I grabbed my paint by numbers. (laughs) PBNs for life. (laughs) 
Seven years. Um, I grabbed my pay my numbers and I turned on like a podcast or a documentary that I felt actually like taught me something real. Right. Um, so I answered frustration with action and it gave me like a much greater sense of real accomplishment because I was either doing something or I was learning something. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't just like screaming into the void. I was taking like legitimate concrete steps. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I kind of decided that I had to find places that were in politics that actually made me feel good, that replenished my confidence in the system. So for me, um, a good example of that would be like watching a congresswoman grill big pharma CEO about his salary in comparison to rising medicine costs, which (laughs) is shocking um or mm-hmm. like watching another congresswoman grill a def- a defense contractor about price gouging and actually get like she actually got money back to the government in a line of questioning in like congress oversight um so it also like I, another example would be like seeing massive environmental legislation as a key pillar of a presidential candidate because and only because young people had taken the bull by the horns and organized and demanded the health and safety of the planet was that was how their crucial vote was going to be earned mm-hmm. and all of those things are honestly like beautiful to me like they bring me hope for a brighter more equitable future they inspire me to keep going in whatever my like little contribution was or is um and i think this is where the self-made mastery philosophy really fits in. Like I stopped focusing so much on the negative side of politics and I sought out the good and I sought out the places where like I felt reaffirmed that like Mm -hmm. if done right, politics could work. We could have like an amazing world to live in. Yes, 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 yes. I love what you just said and I love that you didn't just give up and say, okay, screw this. Like I kind of did honestly a while ago and Hey, I'm changing now and I'm practicing what I preach. Um, which is, this is a very cool just perspective, this kind of different view, but no, I totally love that. It's about, you know, we talk about this all the time here that you always can find that silver lining. You can find that good. You can shift and replace and reframe your thoughts. And I want to emphasize that we're not talking about you know, finding the good in terms of justifying, like like what we were talking about earlier, not just to say like, oh, it'll get better, it's okay, like just shifting that type of mindset. No, I'm talking about shifting your action to something positive, to actually reframe that. And this kind of goes back to that point that you were talking about, about body image on Instagram is like, yes, you can eliminate all the accounts that make you feel terrible. And that's a great step. But I think there's even a step beyond that, which is that if you eliminate all of those accounts that are making you feel negative you're still left though with this sense of what those accounts left you with when it comes to body image you're still only remembering that experience yeah so if you yeah yeah, you're you're you have that impression of right like the damage that is done you now need the tools to interrupt that exactly i think if we go one step further and we actually replace what that was with actual positive good other things it'll actually over time, and this is kind of actually like in, in psychology, cognitive behavioral therapy, where you're actually, you're reframing your thoughts. Well, we talk about that here, but you're reframing your almost, your memory, what you associate things with. Um, and you're, you're replacing all of that negativity with positive stuff. So that's kind of like for you when you said, okay, the news is making me mad, but I still want to learn today about what's (laughs) going on. So instead I'm going to find a different resource, a podcast, a book, something that (laughs) I feel is more positive for me, but still giving me information. And I yeah. think that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for the sake of like the devil's advocate here, or, you know, we always love to play to the skeptics um, and see all sides of it there, you know, there might be people that say that they just can't do that. They don't have the time or energy. They just can't. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? I mean, I think that that's a really, really good question because what, what works for me is not always going to work for everyone. Um, and we also have to, I, I loved what you talked about earlier about this like spectrum of involvement. Um, like I'm, I am where I am in this, on this spectrum. Like I'm a political junkie. I've dug in deep. I'm here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to manage it where I'm at. So these are just like personal examples of how I've managed to stay engaged at the same level and protect my mental health at the same time. Um, you may not need all of these tools because like maybe you're at the stage where like your commitment right now is like voting. You're voting mm-hmm. and like gradually you're you're gonna, you know, build build more of that, right? Yeah. Um, but 
uh, if you move from that end more towards the other side, these might be some helpful tips to like keep keep that in mind. Um, or if you're like if you're where I'm at and you're struggling, like these are some some options. Yeah, but I think yeah, just just um, you know. If you were gonna watch an hour of news and that news is very combative and they bring on you know pundits that are specifically designed to argue with each other, mm-hmm. that might not be a productive source of news for you. Right. You need to like replace that hour of news with a podcast that is more factual that actually talks about an issue that you're like, you know, that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. So with all of your, you know, involvement and how you've managed it, do you ever still feel angry and upset and depressed about all of this? Oof, calling me out. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it would, like, you know, you just mentioned that, like, we kind of took different paths. And, you know, honestly, maybe it would be easier to just, like, block it out entirely. But when I think about doing that, I also kind of try to remember that if, if humans were meant to be happy all the time, we probably would not have evolved to have these emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes instead of running away from the things that are difficult, we just like have to confront them. Mm-hmm. Our emotions are there for a reason. And as I said earlier, in this scenario, it's worth it to feel it and to let it motivate totally. us. Totally. And it's sometimes more gratifying. And yeah, it's sometimes more gratifying when it's difficult. It totally is. We talk about that on the podcast too. It's like, what is that end result if you haven't loved and cherished the process and really like dug deep into the process? Yeah, exactly. Like if you confront the struggle head on and push through it rather than let it defeat you, you come out on the other side, not only having won, but also knowing what you had to do to achieve that feeling. And it feels that much better. I mean, I feel that with like surfing, you know, the journey from mm-hmm. being a kook on the beach, like <laughs> falling over to yeah. now where I'm at was like, I looked back and like, that's the happiest I've been this year was the reflection of the journey that I had been on with it. Um, so you grow that much, like you grow that confidence. Um, but yeah. you can't win the game by quitting and going. No. Home. And also if everyone had that mentality, that's what scares me. If I'm like, yeah, it's better to turn it off. But then I, I always envision if every single human had the same mentality as me, nothing would happen. I think about that too when I see like an accident on the side of the road. I'm like, eh, someone will call. No, if everyone thought that, same with bystander like... Bystander effect. Bystander effect. Yeah, same with like, effect, honestly, yeah. same with not recycling or not doing whatever. People are so quick to just think like, oh, but like whatever, everyone already, whatever. And I'm yeah. like, no, but if everyone had your mentality, nothing would happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, so yeah, you can't win the game by quitting and going home no. because... Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think everyone else, in, not everyone else, like, in the society, but when I when I talk about this, like, everyone else is still playing, like, politics is still, still exists. Playing. Yeah. Politics still exists. It doesn't the all go away. still exists. Right. So just because you go home, it the only difference is that you are now a non-factor because you forfeited, right? Yeah. Like, if you want to win, you stay and you play, and you get better, and you draft an impressive team, yep. and you draw a crowd of support, and you are all committed to, like, achieving a win. Yeah. No, it's kind of like, I mean, we talk about the idea that things happen anyway, whether you're involved or not. What? It's like, go Seahawks. Oh, go Seahawks. We had a really sad loss last <laughs> we night, but we won't talk about that. No, but I mean, we say this about different things in life, about, you know, time. Like, everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. Things where it's like the world goes on whether you choose to participate or not. So when it comes to politics and, and engaging, it's like th- choices are going to be made. So you can either contribute to that or you cannot, but the choices are still going to be made. So then it's like, you may as well help make the choice. right? Yeah. It's like, a ha- like you're literally, you have to pay your taxes. So you mm-hmm. either get a say in how your money is spent or you don't literally like, there's also a really good quote that's I'm, sort of maybe roughly paraphrasing, but I show up for dinner because if I'm not at the table, I'm on the menu. Oh, I love that. And I think that that is really true. I do. It, it is. I it really, yeah, especially ooh, eating. Yes, we are eating <laughs> alive. Um, but also to expand on this, you know, ever growing metaphor, yeah. if you're playing for a championship, you also don't let like one loss totally derail you and make you give up. And I think like, we tend to do this in times like this, like, oh, we, we worked so hard, so hard, so hard. And then like one 
one loss or one feeling of being discouraged and then we just like don't get back up on that horse again but what we're supposed to do is rebound and learn and go in harder and improve and that's you know yeah, just like Russell Wilson. What would Russell Wilson yes. do? Yes, uh, right. Well, last yeah. night he didn't do a great yeah, job. But you know what? He's going to come back. He's still going to be MVP. He's, yeah, he's going to come back because championship teams are about consistency, and that man knows mm-hmm. consistency. So, That's true. It's like, true. And I, he's the quarterback for the Seahawks, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> okay, anyway, so to bring it back to, like, politics, sorry, we got a little excited and also slash sad. Yes. Um, talking about Seahawks, but... I will say I'm really excited to see that right now we're shattering records for turnout already. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, this is an election that people feel really strongly about. There was already the belief that this was going to be one of the highest turns turnouts ever because right. we're at such an inflection point. Um, and there's a, honestly a really polarizing figure. Um, but we have so much stagnation, like, what are what are we gonna do when there's not a polarizing take on the figure? Mm-hmm. What are we gonna do when we don't have this like really when we don't feel threatened, right? Yeah. Um, and that and you can feel threatened on either side. Studies show that like regardless if you're you know Democrat Republican, people are feeling very strongly and feeling threatened right now. So yeah. the interest in this particular election is really high. Um, but when there's not such such stakes, um. You know, I feel like we have so much stagnation in this country and there's, I can, you know, bring something to prove this, but we have such a, a, like a pendulum swing. One party wins big and people think the work is done, so they stay home the next time and then the opposition turns out because they're mad. And in the next election, it like flips again and everything is undone. That's so true. That's so true. We work so hard to like get to a certain point and then you're there and you're like, oh, thank God. And then you're like, wait a second, we have to keep going. And the interest on like the lose or on the winning side goes down. And the interest on the losing side is like, we got to get in there. Yeah. So like I said, if like more in the beginning, if every single person in America, Democrat, Republican, independent showed up every time to vote, every single time, we would actually have a government representative of the people it's not just about this election like and i almost feel like we're kind of putting this out you know we're only going to put this out a week before the election when so much has already been decided it's not just about this election right this is about every election moving forward from now until you literally die yeah because that's (laughs) your lifetime and all of those elections matter and we're going to talk a little bit about actually like the actual literal impact that some people don't even see that like actually has or that act that the impact on your personal life and the greater you know common good but Mm -hmm. yeah and you know this whole thing is just making me realize that I'm surprised I've never thought about this before but like non-voting literally is just quitting like you're saying I can't and I don't want to, you're saying I can't participate. I can't contribute to change. I can't even face a system that literally defines the society in which I live, which is like a really just, Oh, what a chilling point to honestly face. Um, and you know, like that's, that's not what we do here. We don't say I can't on self-made mastery, the podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, but really like that's, that's literally not what we do. And I kind of, you know, by not voting and not engaging at all. Cause remember that lowest end of the spectrum is just voting. If you don't want to do anything else, you're still going to vote because we're not quitters here. Right. We don't say I can't, we do things. And honestly, we don't let our friends say it either. I have a, for my gym, my gym gave me this shirt that says friends don't let friends skip base camp, <laughs> which I love. And now I want to make a shirt that says friends don't let friends skip the voting booth or the online voting or the mail-in ballot. That'll be a really long phrase for a shirt, but <laughs> I mean, I would you buy it. You can on the back with like yeah. alternatives. Yeah, but, like asterisk. But honestly, like please make that shirt and then like all the proceeds can go to the ACLU who can like protect people's voting rights. I mean, I'm so down. Like let me know if you guys would uh, <laughs> buy that shirt. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, though. Um, okay, so I want—I do want to add as just kind of like a final point. Um, this is more serious, but not voting is honestly quitting on your teammates. Like, if you don't want to vote for yourself and your own interests, I honestly beg of you to talk to people in marginalized communities who are advocating for change 
and who can speak to the impact of politics on their personal lives and vote accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you really think your vote doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, right? No, no consequence to this. Then you wouldn't mind throwing it away. You could just put it on a stack of votes, amplifying the voices of people that are underrepresented. Um, I love that. Wait, quit. Like, honestly, Gen Z is another example of like young people who are too young to vote right now, but they seem very woke in all of this, like woker than for lack of a better term than, than even our generation was and, and all of that. And it's like, if anything, like vote for them, like vote for those people who wish that they could vote, vote for anyone who wishes their voices were heard louder, louder vote for, vote for kids, vote for Mm -hmm. like, I, I still sometimes think about the 2000 election and, you know, how it came down to Bush v. Gore in Florida with, like, a couple hundred votes, right? And I think about, you know, we're at this place with the environment right now and obviously Al Gore was one of the people that was first out in front of this issue talking about, you know, the inconvenient truth, right? Inconvenient truth, too. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of imagine if, like, where we might be with the environment had that election gone a different way. Right. Please vote for your kids. Like, vote, you know, like, if, if you don't think that your vote matters, then give it away to people who are have strong opinions yeah who have strong opinions and who are genuinely like at risk yeah totally um yeah. and and treat every way and also treat every election like it's that like 100 votes are what like imagine yes. that your vote going in the box is the game winning the tiebreaker like yeah, if we so think that way that. then we it adds importance yeah absolutely um like you can tip the scales yeah um that being said I still honestly would encourage you to just like spend one afternoon and reflect on the things in your life that are important to you. You know, ignore Democrat, Republican agenda. What do you care about? Maybe these are things that you struggle to overcome or things that you love that you want to protect. Look into those ways that it could be improved or threatened. And I guarantee you will find find yourself down the rabbit hole of how you are federally impacted or locally impacted. Yes, absolutely. What's one example for you that you're interested in? We talked a lot about environment, right? I'm I'm young. That's kind of a forefront issue for a lot of young people. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything kind of comes back to, to the environment. There's a lot of different issues that sort of layer into that. But like, let's just go with a really small scale example. I mentioned earlier how much I love surfing. Um, we're here in Los Angeles and like my Malibu is my favorite break. So it works on a certain tide. If sea level ri- sea levels rise by a few feet due to global warming, that break is completely gone. It's changed. It's different. The only and like the only thing that's brought me peace and joy in a really tumultuous time, that's gone. So of course, like there's a lot a lot, a lot, a lot bigger impacts of the climate crisis than my little like surf break. But I mentioned that just to show that very, very small aspects of your life are impacted by the choices that we mm-hmm. make. Um, and I also say that because sometimes surfers don't care about politics and I don't understand because I don't know how they expect to protect the ocean. Yeah, that's <laughs> a whole interesting point. Uh, okay, and then, and then I, as I kind of mentioned before, I also... Um, have a lot of LGBTQ plus people in my life and I could never ever in good conscience tell them I care about them if I stood by and did nothing while people try and take away their rights or provide people with opportunities for legal discrimination against them Um, there's that quote that's like something like the only thing necessary for evil to prevail is for good people to stand by and do nothing Oh, I love that. And also just to take it back for a minute, one thing that you said that really stood out to me was like just ignoring Democrat, Republican parties, this, that, like, and actually just getting to your core. Cause we like to get to the root here on many topics of like the furthest down, like our core, core fundamental, who we are and what our identity is. And I think I just love the way that you sit there and just be like, what do you care about in your life, in your kids' lives, in your family's lives, in people's lives, in the world? Like, and and don't like stress over the parties and the this side and that side and just what do you care about and then vote accordingly. And I, I love that. And one thing I really 
know about you and respect about you is that your values in regular like everyday life are really reflected in your politics and what you choose to support and who and what you choose to speak out against and I know that in a really deep and genuine way you don't like seeing inequality inequity injustice you hate dishonesty and hypocrisy and Sometimes I'm a hypocrite because I say I'm a morning person and then I sleep in really... No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, but seriously, (laughs) seriously though, like you are someone who wants people to be treated with respect and dignity and be given all the opportunities that both of us, you know, were lucky enough to have growing up and everything from the way you actually vote to the messages you put out on social media and the stories you choose to highlight, which politicians inspire you and who upsets you. It's literally all reflected in who I've always known you to be and the values you've cared about. It's part of your identity. Aww. (laughs) And that's awesome. No, like that's true. I think if if everyone could kind of do that and like vote that way and identify, like if this could, this is a part of your identity and it's a part of the difference that you can make. And that's why we're even talking about it here. Cause on this podcast, you know, we talk about creating and living your dream life at your best self, your 2.0 version of yourself. So I just, I wanted to just say, I respect that in you. That's so nice. Um, I I do think, like, I think it's definitely been a journey to get here. So, yeah, I think engagement in politics has really morphed from, like, I don't know, 18-year-old me voting in the midterms, like, this chore. I think I must have been at LMU, like, walking down mm-hmm. to the, you know, it's, it's it was, like, something I had to do. Now, it feels a lot more, like, I don't know, an expression of who I am and what I value and, like, who I fight for. Like, I, yeah. I love that. A chore to an expression. That's what we're trying to do here is turn political engagement from a chore to an expression and just one more way for you to create that that identity and that sense of self and that empowerment, honestly. And I think we're seeing that around the country right now, kind of. Like, people are either standing up and voting for the future they want to see or using their vote to say, no, no more, this is not the America I believe in or want my children to live in. And so I'm going to take a stand now. Yeah. I, I mean, and as I said before, like, I just really hope that the energy that's coming out of this moment holds strong well into the future. Yeah. This is kind of an ongoing theme, but like progress takes time. Building takes time. We're going to have to keep showing up in these types of numbers bigger numbers like more and more and more and having this kind of loud activism otherwise we will again fall into this like i don't know pattern of complacency that enables the will of the people and the needs of the people to be ignored yes 100 percent. and like a random little metaphor for that or not metaphor a uh little like related i don't know why this made me think of this it just came up but like but in the mental health sphere and i talk about this a lot on the shift and just with my parents who are psychologists Um, I think that something we don't think about sometimes is that when you're in therapy, it's typically because there's an issue that you're wanting to get resolved. So we can think about voting in politics like we're voting, we want certain issues to be resolved or certain things to go certain ways. But what we don't do in therapy is remember that we should still be going to therapy even when they get resolved and they're good. Like when things are good, you want to be analyzing, okay, what led them to be at this point? How, why are they good now? What was I doing so that you can replicate that and continue that momentum forward? You don't just quit therapy because all of a sudden it's solved. You want to actually analyze like, how did this work and what's coming up now? Are different things coming up now so that you can keep going? And I think that's all just, you know, to your point that like, once we finally make that change, it does not end there. We, this is going to be a lifelong fight and a lifelong in- involvement. Yeah. I mean, voting it, voting is either fighting for change or maintaining change. Right. Like it's maintenance. Yes. The maintenance part. And people, yeah. I think, overlook that a little bit. Yeah, the maintenance. Absolutely. And that's exactly that's how point. therapy is too. Like you should keep going and it's not... You know, it's not just like, oh, you got surgery and you're done. It's like, well, even surgery, you need physical therapy. Okay, I'm getting beyond the point, but we get it. Yeah. Um, but working out, we can go back to working out. You need yeah, it's like if totally. You, otherwise, you're, you know, if you you're hit good. your goal, you don't just stop there. Yeah. Because you, you will then go back to what you were before. Totally. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, this has been so incredible. And I'm just, I'm so happy to have had you and, and be talking about all these things. And I just want to recap a bit for a second because this has definitely been a little bit of a different format different topic we it was definitely a lot more conversational um so I just want to make sure that you guys really understand kind of the the key oh hello English the key takeaways here 
Um, so to sum up kind of the first part of what we were talking about, we talked about how there have been, there was that University of Virginia study and also several other studies actually that are reporting similar findings that political engagement and involvement and activity can act as a resource for people of disadvantaged social, social status as it can actually offset some of the psychological distress that accompanies being part of a historically oppressed group, a.k.a. Fighting back makes discrimination less psychologically consequential. Um, And I think that also, you know, there's something to be said about just fighting back in general can can really just increase your sense of fulfillment and happiness and empowerment and being a part of a community and taking action. As you said, those two things really do just raise your level of just happiness and, and it does good things for your mental health. So overall engagement politically, whether you're on the bottom end of the spectrum at at voting or you're a paid political figure, it'll boost your psyche. Number two was that the negative emotion regulation strategies that encourage us to distance ourselves from politics or from political engagement, like ignoring altogether, uh, may feel good in the moment, right? But often also remove important motivational emotions and emotions that can be crucial to fighting for the change we necessary or the change necessary for long-term stress alleviation. So it's like, it's kind of that long-term short-term, like, sure, you might be happier in the short-term, but you'll be way less happy in the long-term versus you could just be, you know, a little disgruntled in the short-term and fight. And then long-term, you're going to be so much better off. And I think it's important to really understand this because we don't want to become numb to this. We don't want to become so numb that we genuinely don't care to like speak up for what we want to make you know, try to make changes. Um, And instead, we can look to different areas of politics that will help us create positive emotions as well, right? And there are kind of three ways that we can do that that Chloe mentioned. Number one, taking actionable productive steps that will have a positive impact, such as donations, phone banking, you know, signing petitions, volunteering, actually really taking those actionable steps. Um, Number two, the consumption of media that inspires us and shows positive change within the political system. So kind of seeking that out versus just giving up, like seeking that kind of replacement for the stuff that's making you not feel good. Um, just trying to replace it with media that is that feels better to hear and that is still teaching and inspiring us. And then lastly, engagement with community that reinforces people working together to accomplish a shared goal. And I think just in general, you guys, whether you can physically see it or not, whether it feels tangible or not, when you put your vote in that box, you are a part of that community that is is coming together to like speak up for what you want your life to be. Next, we discussed controlling the things that we can control by making a commitment to ourselves that regardless of the outcome, you're going to show up to vote every single time, right? Because progress, as we know, takes consistent long-term action. And even in the face of failure, sometimes we have to keep showing up and we have to keep voting and making our voices heard. And finally, we talked about how we can make our voices heard by choosing politics based on our values and our interests and also the people in our lives that we care about. Um, and deciding, you know, how we're going to vote based on those things. And that we can transform our perception of politics from a chore that we have to do to an expression of that, of who we are. An expression of what we believe in and what we stand for and what matters to us. You know, when it really just comes down to it, you guys, what I've just really noticed and kind of taken to heart, and I will definitely be changing my personal involvement and actions going forward, is just that, like, It's happening no matter what. And unfortunately, and fortunately, honestly, it's fortunate that we're in a democracy and that we can even give our opinions because this is how the world around us is formed, is is literally based on these things, based on voting, based on electing people into office and they're creating, you know, the world that we live in and it's going to be happening no matter what. So do you want to stand around and not have any say and feel terrible about it? Or do you want to at least do, you know, the minimum, which is voting Um, And potentially even more than that, so that you can really feel like you're a part of that decision. All right, you guys. Well, that just about wraps up this episode. We are going to leave you with a couple resources if you want to learn more, um, which Chloe will give you in one second. But I just want to say thank you so much for being here, Chloe. And thank you guys for bearing with this episode and listening, even though it's something different. I really appreciate your open-mindedness and just willingness to hear this because it is a different topic but you know to Chloe's point which I think is so important this is all part of what our journey here with self-made mastery is it's about creating you know this improved version of ourselves living and and experiencing our greatest potential and part of it really is 
just politics. It's, you know, it is, it's not something that we can avoid. It's part of our lives. So we can take control of it and we can, you know, control it in the way that works the best for us. As we kind of discussed, there are several ways to do that. So thank you for being here um, and just taking that journey. So Chloe. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, to your listeners, thanks so much for having me and for sticking with this. Um, And yeah, hopefully we can all um, continue to take this journey of like, making this a something that people describe as like your duty to mm-hmm. an opportunity for you and a chance for you to have like, you know, a joyful expression of um, who you are and an opportunity for you to really protect our democracy. Um, and like Adrian said, we want to leave you with some resources. Um, voter registration deadlines have passed in some states, but some states do um, allow same day registration. Um, so make a plan to vote. You can go to IWillVote.com. You can also go to VoteSaveAmerica.com. Um, and they have a ton of resources for you to figure out your ballot um, and, you know, get specific me- information on measures. They're a really, really incredible resource. They can tell you about your state. Um, and, yeah, you can um, fill out your ballot online and get that information there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they also... Um, you know, we talked about a podcast that I will sometimes listen to. Um, Pod Save America is a great podcast. I will uh, disclose that it is definitely left-leaning, but if you're looking for some reliable information, um, that's one of my favorite enjoyable activities that I pay my numbers to my Pod Save America. So yes. if you're looking for a place for reliable information, um, that is a great a great group. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'll leave all of that down in the show notes for you guys to reference. And guys, that wraps up this episode. Thanks again so much, Chloe. Thank you, (laughs) listeners. I love you all, and I will catch you in the next episode. Happy voting. Bye-bye. Happy voting. (laughs)